1: Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ House Metal Land, the coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas, visit bjhouse.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning, we're coming to you live from Gosford Tennis Centre. We love it here, Buttes. It's one of our favourite locations. And uh, standing alongside us is John o. Cooper, who won a tournament earlier this week. Firstly, let me go to you, Michael. Good morning, mate. Great to see you.
3: steve good to be back, mate. I know we were missing in action last week, <laughs> but we are back this week. As you said, we're at the tennis club, and, yeah, it's a great location. Apparently one of the best coffees going around.
2: Yeah, absolutely. How do you like uh, my nah. apparel on this Saturday morning? I
3: can't believe you've whacked on the Wimbledon T-shirt as well. Yeah. When in Rome, do as the Romans, apparently.
2: Can I ask you this question? And who here in the room is seeing King Richard?
3: I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I'm sure John O has. Of course, he has. Oh, yeah.
2: Did you enjoy it as much? I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I right. rated. I thought it was a really good movie. Mm. Is yeah. it on the money? Because if you had have asked me about Richard Williams, I would have said absolute nutcase. Maybe not in the Demir Dockage kind of category, but what were your thoughts? Because they portrayed him as just a passionate dad, not over the top if anything, loving and caring towards his kids.
4: Yeah, I mean, every tennis parent does go over the top sometimes in some, <laughs> some shape or form. But, um, yeah, look, he just wanted his uh, girls to succeed, and
2: they did.
3: Well, he did that well and truly. Like, you know, Serena's obviously gone on to be one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. And Venus, at the start of her career, was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it really focuses on Venus. And I-, I tell you what is amazing about the movie, too, and spoiler alert, but I can't believe he had a blueprint for the girls before they were born. And it was all after watching a, a young lady who made $40,000 in four days playing tennis. Mm. And he realised, light bulb moment, that he couldn't make that in 12 months. Mm. And so before they were even born, he wanted his girls to play tennis, it.
4: Yeah, I know. Uh, it's a bit silly. It sounds a bit silly, but I know parents are dedicated <laughs> to the sport. Um, you do, do get those avid lovers uh, of the sport and they just like pursue it. Like, no tomorrow. It's yeah.
3: I- it's interesting when you think about, like, you know, he had this blueprint and he had this thought in his head that his girls were going were to go down this path. Mm. Um, to think that he was able to do that and achieve that is quite remarkable when you consider, you know, the, I don't know, you know, he's basically just put a tennis racket in their hand from yeah. day dot.
2: And, and don't forget where he put a tennis racket in their hand. They're, they're in Compton, in pretty much south-central Los Angeles. Mm. And, uh, you yeah, know, there's gang members. In fact, uh after i watched the movie cuz Steve-O likes the facts <laughs> i don't like too much hollywood gloss on a movie but that's factual that he was actually assaulted by gang members
4: yeah i know uh watching the movie obviously seeing him get you know hurt a couple times and uh putting his body on the line for his kids mm. uh obviously you, you got to go through that stuff to be who you are these days but i know that ha- that happening it's uh, one in a million mm. like getting the kids to go through and become professionals like that that's just, yeah. Yeah,
3: not only to become professional, but to become the best. The best yeah. that they were. Like, that is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of parents out there now who have got this blueprint all printed yeah. up or whatever it may well, be. When
2: I walked, walked in this morning, I thought, gee, I wish I'd have brought my kids to Tanner's <laughs> at, te- at the tender age of four. Hey, O as a coach, how did you view it? Because, you know, Richard Williams takes his daughters, oh, basically, they uproot and they move from South Central Los Angeles to Florida yeah uh that's what you have to do you have to sacrifice to take your
4: kids to a bigger tennis center get their names out there and um yeah they came across a a pretty good coach and then uh you know he wanted to change the the path and put them into tournaments but the dad had other plans and didn't want them to play tournaments until they were about 16 and one of the reasons
2: Buttes is because uh the jennifer capriati like uh he was concerned that they're they burn out and spiral, and it all happened too soon.
3: John, I'm just curious, what's the pathway here? Like, you know, a young kid who you see potentially in uh, on the central coast here, where does he or she need to go, or what are the steps they need to take to, you know, make their way through to uh, that top level?
4: Yeah, uh, first thing is pretty much have a have a good solid team around you. So if you've got Your coach, fitness trainer, your parents are on board, you know, a good solid team that backs you, commits to the sport. Uh, That's number one. Uh, Trusting the process is number two. Um, Not having any doubts behind you. But then number three is planning that out towards training and tournament schedules throughout the year. Um, You can do that from anywhere. It doesn't matter where you live. You don't have to live in Sydney. You don't have to live uh, in a big um, city to do so. You just have to have the right people behind you and the right um, schedule.
3: So there's no Florida mecca here in Australia that you you know it's you know all or well not all but most tennis players will go through as they take the next step up.
4: I think the the main reason why the, the Williams sisters did that um, is because of the funding. So King Richard, yeah, he didn't have a lot of money obviously behind him, so yep. he got scholarships to the, the big academy in uh, in Florida. Um, and that obviously helped the process for the girls to to fund their tennis.
2: Yeah, and this one sounds obvious, but, you know, kind of watching my own children and probably yours too, Buttes, because they're great athletes, is you've got to retain a real love for the sport if you want to make it to the highest level because it does become such hard work, and sometimes you just got to remind them, do you love the game? Mm. And if you do, just get out and play as hard as you can. Uh, You probably would have loved, you know, the coaches telling Venus to do one thing, And yet the dad is telling her to do something else. you probably come across that yourself. (laughs) Happens right in front of my eyes. Uh. I can be on court with a
4: lesson and I'll be telling the kid one thing and I've got a parent telling me to to do another. Um, So it happens, you know, day in, day out, but... Uh, I guess that's where we have to talk amongst ourselves and make sure we're on the same page so we're a fully fitted team.
3: Cause yeah. this, this, I'm assuming this parent has so much experience when it comes to tennis as well. They've <laughs> probably played in an enormous amount of tournaments, etc. Uh.
2: Yeah, the big one for uh, the big one for Richard Williams was open stance,
4: wasn't it? Oh, yeah. He refused on that closed stance, which was the first thing that I think the first coach they they went to said, you need to start playing closed stance. Mm. And he was like, nope, nope. That's not going to happen for yeah. us. Yeah. Hey, hey John. one of the mm. reasons
2: you came on first thing this morning is uh, here at Gosford Tennis Centre, there was a tournament earlier this week, a three-day tournament, and you're going to be far too humble, but you won five games, including the final. Uh, congratulations, mate.
4: <laughs> Thanks, boys. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, tell, tell us more about the tournament, because you came in with your number two seed behind Nick DeVivo. Yeah, so originally I think I was uh,
4: on the acceptance list as number three. Um, but we had one uh, one of the boys, Riley Courtney, who's local, he pulled out. So that moved me up to number two, uh, Nick DeVivo, number one. Um, so it was pretty good having the two locals as the number one seed in Australian Money Tournament, meaning anyone from Australia or around Australia can play the tournament. Um, the prize pool was worth seven and a half grand, so... We did see some faces that uh, wouldn't normally play in the smaller comps, so it was good.
2: Hey, is this correct? So, Nick has a bye in round one, and Nick is, if you haven't heard us talk about him, he's about six foot eight, serves at over 200. He's had a bye in round one, but then he had a real challenge in round two against Ethan Domingo. Yeah,
4: he did. Um, did, did that go three sets? Uh, no, 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 didn't go three sets. He. Just was challenged by. He's a younger kid, and I think it was just first round, you know, mm. just warming up into the tournament for himself. So once he got through him, he felt pretty comfortable. But he is carrying a slight injury at the moment with his shoulder. So we did see him withdraw in the third round um, mm. due to that shoulder injury. So we're really trying to look after that to make sure he can play the next tournament. Yeah. And,
2: yeah, and you uh, you had a fantastic game in the semi. You said that was maybe your biggest challenge. It was. It was that match went for
4: about two hours. Um, yeah, uh, I was completing my first couple rounds in the, in forty five minutes, uh, which is pretty good time. But um, yeah, the the semi final really pushed me. I thought it was going to go to three sets. Mm. I had two match points early on, and then he came back, and it was a, a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Yeah, six
2: four, six three. In that semi? Uh, no, no, no. It was seven, five, seven six. Oh, oh, I'm looking tight. at I'm looking at the wrong column. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations, mate. Hey, just back to the um, King Richard movie again. Was it against a Rancher Sanchez-Vicario, the tournament that was in California? And that was a really interesting insight. I wonder how a Rancher feels about it, watching it back, because they showed her. So Venus is playing her first professional tournament as a 14-year-old, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then a rancher who's a three-time Grand Slam winner at the time, she is getting absolutely pasted by Venus. Yeah, wow. And it's fantastic to watch, and then a rancher takes a, you know, uh, she takes a personal break. She goes to the bathroom for about 15 minutes, comes back, and she's gone through a metamorphosis and wins the match. But how do you feel that was portrayed in the movie? Uh, well, a lot of that does go on uh,
4: around the tennis scene. Uh, you know, as of late, I think there's a little bit of controversy with um, Stefanos Tsitsipas. He takes his bathroom breaks as, a, I think, a tactical thing mm. um, to break the rhythm of the uh, opponent's momentum.
3: Well, players are going to do that. If, if they've got the ability, if the window's there, they're going to take it. <laughs> if you're struggling and you you know feel that you need this mental break or you need to stop some sort of momentum, and, and I guess the only thing they can do is change that up you know, the head body, as to ways that they can get around it. You know, whatever whatever change they do make, players and coaches will work it out eventually again.
2: Yeah, oh. when, I, when I watched it, I thought, you know, poor old Arancha Sanchez, all these years later, she's pretty much thrown under the bus. But, I mean, they are some of the tactics that we see at the highest level, aren't they? Uh, I really like the way that Venus was portrayed. I mean, has she been spotless, Jono, through her career? She's always seemed to have a lot of grace, in my opinion. Yeah, she's been a really good
4: athlete for the sport. Uh, everyone's looked up to her. She hasn't had too many things go, uh, I would say, badly towards her name. Um, She's a really graceful winner, and she's a really graceful loser too. What do you think
3: happened there? Like, you know, she obviously, her career started, and she was, you know, the sister out of the two. Dynamite. Yeah, and Serena obviously just took over after that, and, you know, obviously has gone on to win 20-odd Grand Slams, which is phenomenal. Was it just she didn't have the game to go with the modern style of play or whatever it was
4: oh look i wouldn't say she didn't go with it because you know she's still a multiple time grand slam winner you know uh they became the duo with the doubles on Mm -hmm. court as well won most grand slams but i think just you know the younger sibling coming through and taking over i mean you know it's probably tough to swallow sometimes
3: just took the spotlight away from and again you know they're two amazing athletes who have Done remarkable in the, terms of their career.
2: There's a line in the movie, and I, I hope I haven't given t- too much away to our listeners.
3: Mate, <laughs> that, they don't need to watch the movie anymore. <laughs> no,
2: there's a line in the movie where the dad says to Venus, or says to Serena, he says, your sister is going to be the best in the world. And he says, but you, this is to Serena, you're going to be the best of all time. Mm. And th- this is when she's like ten. He's already had that planned out for her. I think
4: just Serena watching the sister going out, playing tournaments when... Serena was ready, yep. but she was, he was really just holding, holding back, waiting for her to just, I think, envy that and then make her hungrier to, to go out and be better.
2: Yeah, off the top of my head, Buttes, I would have said that Venus won about seven or eight Grand Slams. So I've just done a quick Wikipedia. So she wins the Australian Open in 2003 and 2017, the French in 2002, Wimbledon, 2000, 2001, 2005, two thousand and one, two thousand and five, seven and eight. And the U.S. Open in 2000 and 2001. Sorry,
3: when did she win the Australian Open? 2003 and what? 2017. Yeah. yeah. 14 years later.
2: Yeah. Incredible. It so incredible. Yeah. yeah. So the movie King Richard, uh, you know, we love a good sports movie, don't we? Thanks, Bill Collins. That was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jono, uh, what else is coming up, mate? Any tournaments over the summer that we should look out for?
4: Uh, I mean, this is when tennis kind of kicks off. We've got the Australian Open, obviously, in uh, January, but... Um, yeah, tennis goes nuts uh, around just here, Gosford Tennis Centre. You find a tennis centre, you'll, you'll see the population grow by 50% just because of the summer sport. Uh, but we've got the 2022 um, club championships in November. Uh, so that'll be hosted here, obviously. And uh, we'll see some big names come through. And, you know, even though it's not a big tournament uh, over Australia, you know, it's your club. You wanna, You want to try and get your name on the trophy on the board inside.
2: How many times do you won it?
4: Uh, I've won it twice and lost to Nick DeVivo last year, though. He's, yeah. uh, he, he's the defending champion. Right, second revenge.
2: Mate, uh, thanks for your time. Great to see you. I know you've got a coaching session coming up very soon, but uh, thanks again for your hospitality, yourself, and Jackie here at the Tennis Centre.
4: Yeah, perfect. Thanks,
2: boys. John O'Cooper, our first guest this morning. Great to have him back on the show. but uh, I'm really excited about this morning. John Strange, the NRLW. Dally M Coach of the Year is joining us. Uh, Also this morning, Brad Porter. We're going to talk Mm. some football with a former Mariner and a former Australian junior rep. You know, this week they signed the first female. Ah,
3: yes, yes,
2: yes. Damien Brown is number one, first male ever signed with the Mariners. And he was at this presentation on Monday, a special press conference. Annalise Rasmussen is the first female, young lady from the sports college.
3: Uh, I've got to say, I, I like the way, and, you know, we spoke during the week, Steve, about the way they did it, and, uh, you know, it was a nice touch to get Damien Brown there, and, you know, to make it as special as it was, I think mm. you said Arnie was up there, and...
2: Uh, uh, no Arnie, but... Uh, um, no, this was the announcement previously, but... Yeah, yeah, a couple, but, of, um, couple of legends, a few Matildas, uh, Sarah Walsh was there, yeah. Heather, Heather Garriock who's now living on the Central Coast.
3: And I think Sean said something along the lines of he'll have a tear in his eye the first time they run out and play the game. Yeah,
2: yeah. After, awesome. after 10, Nerida Stewart will join us, the coach of the Australian men's netball team. I'm looking forward to this as well, Butes. Uh, you would have played with Paul Stringer in yes, your career? definitely. His daughter Lucy, an outstanding young lady in year 11 at the entrance campus. She's doing a walk for brain cancer. Mm. She's already raised over $5,000. I think her target was 2000 and oh, she's wow. She started this morning at about 3 a.m., so we'll dial her in after 10 o'clock this morning and find out how she's travelling.
3: This is on the back of Ned Brockman. Oh, what a phenomenal effort that was. Yeah,
2: let's talk more about that in a moment. We need to go to a break. It's Saturdays on the Coast, all thanks to Robson Civil Projects and McDonald Jones Homes on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning. We're live from Gosford Tennis Centre. Great to have you with us. Hope you're enjoying the weekend so far. Buttes, last night I hosted the Entrance Tigers presentation mm-hmm. night. And fantastic night. Uh, can I say this? So... You know, proud club, and when you look at the culture of a footy club, they would say it's a disappointing year. But they get three teams through to grand finals out of six possible competitions. So their ladies' league tag win, their 19s go down in an absolute thriller, and their second grade get to the grand final as well. And their Denton Cup, even though they'd be bitterly disappointed, They beat both the teams that played in the grand final. So they beat Maitland through the year, and they also beat Macquarie.
3: How was the feel at the presentation? Was it jovial? Were they
2: Uh, spirited? uh, It was a great vibe. Like, really enjoyed the night. You could really sense, I mean, they had some life memberships. Uh, You know I love a standing ovation. There would have been six or seven standing ovations just that happened organically through the night because people were ecstatic with some of the winners. Uh, Let's just take a look at the women's league tag. Best forward, Tia Goodhand. Best back. Now, I've been told this girl's an absolute gun. Erin Watson. Best and fairest, Ashley Russell. Player's player, Holly Buchanan. So... There's some familiar names there for
3: me, Steve. Um, I coach a lot of those girls in AUSTAC. Tia Goodhand is my dummy half, and Holly Buchanan is a... um, He's one of my links, and they're both outstanding players.
2: Yeah, and I've been told that in terms of goal-kicking, Holly Buchanan strikes them as well as almost anyone on the Central Coast. She is
3: an athlete. like She plays women's opens now. She, I think she's... I'm not going to... She's over 30, put it that way. 29. 29, there you go. She's phenomenal.
2: And she's got an opportunity maybe in another code, but you know that might be top-secret information. So good luck to Holly Buchanan. First grade, uh, best forward, Lockie Bell. So a young guy, 23. Best back, Jack Burriston, who formerly played with the Wyong Roos. Best and fairest, Nathan Cooper, and players player Jack Burriston as well. Mm -hmm. The Denton Cup, you'll want to hear these ones. So, best forward, Jake Woods. Now, a lot of people said to me last night, if he rolls into a program that's high performance, he's got a real chance. Uh, Harley Ridge, a name that you'd know well, best back. Now, he's always been a back rower, or he he can play 13, but he's an absolute gun. Uh, Harley Ridge Jake Woods won the best and fairest as well and player's player was Ryan Doherty and they had had a bunch of perpetual awards as well but one of the really great moments if you talk about unsung heroes this guy is the first to admit that he's one of them and his name's Ned Milos, he's played 250 great games now Wow. At the entrance Tigers.
3: That's a mighty achievement. And any time you surpass that 250 and uh, at the one club, it's a phenomenal effort. Well done, Ned.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, during the night, you'll love this, buttes. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, one of the top-ranking officials left the room and someone said uh, someone, I thought he might have been paying a cheque. He was signing a new player for 2023, ah. and I'll ju- I'll just tease you, but uh, this guy will be an absolute star on the Central Coast or in the Newcastle Central Coast competition.
3: So he's still working while he was. Oh yeah, ah, nice work. Yeah, always on the job, always trying to recruit, and well done to the entrance uh, Tigers. They're well, a, they're a great <coughs> club, and they you know they've always been a strong club. Very supportive of the community and, uh, you know, they've got great facilities there and um, I know a couple of the board members there and they they do an amazing job, uh, not only with the footy club but also other sporting codes.
2: Yeah, and every chance I get when I work at the NRL, like, I will highlight where juniors have come from, as you know, and the entrants have had so many great players go on to the NRL. (coughs) Safidi Brothers? Yeah.
3: They were there, yeah. Yeah, There's plenty of them. Ryan O'Hara? Ryan O'Hara, there you go. Yeah, okay.
2: He was a good player, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Very good you player. would have played against him. Oh, I certainly did, yeah. Played for Australia?
3: I tried to run away from him plenty of times. He was <laughs> hey, a big boy.
2: We've got a guy waiting on the line who we both absolutely <clears throat> love. Uh, he's a former mariner, also played for Australia at junior level. Brad Porter joins us on the line. Was meant to be on last week, but we had those technical difficulties. Brad Porter, good morning, mate. Welcome to the show. Great to be on, guys. Ten years in the making. How good's this? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: It's been a while. The fans have been waiting, haven't they? We've we've made them wait, but we're back.
2: Hey, you know who he sounds like, the benchmark Tony Clark. He's already talking about his fan club.
0: Yeah, there's plenty
3: out there. I have no (laughs) doubt. have no doubt.
2: Uh, Brad, uh, great to have you on, mate. uh, The Mariners' campaign is underway. We had to wait an extra week, but they've gone across the Tasman and had a two-wall draw. A couple of goals disallowed, which were spectacular. And also a couple of... You know, a couple of great goals and then an own goal for the Central Coast Mariners. Tell us more about their opening round match.
0: Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, it's always difficult to to go away to Wellington. Um, You know, they're they're not always necessarily a club that's competing at the top end of the table, but it's a difficult trip. Um, You know, it's one of those sort of an international flight so in terms of you know getting out of the country it takes a little bit longer you've obviously got the time zone switch it's always windy so it's just one of those away games that you don't really look forward to so I think uh, you know on the on the balance of play you know Monty and Serge probably walk away you know in particular giving away a goal you know so late to, to draw the game um, probably would have liked to have won the game but I think yeah first game away there you know he, he probably walks away with a point and and probably job well done.
2: You saw the goals, Buttes?
0: No, I missed them, mate. I've got to So, say.
2: Brad, can you talk us through those goals? Because one of them was scored by a guy who everyone said is going to have an incredible year. And then the next one from a guy that's made the soccer ruse. Tell us more. Yeah, look,
0: two, two fantastic goals. And that's the, the, the nature of the, the Mariners now in terms of the recruitment. We've brought in some really exciting players. Um, I mean, the goal from the goal from Cummings uh, that was disallowed, you know, unbelievable overhead kick. Um, you know, he's certainly one to watch this season in terms of, you know, competing at the top end of the goal scorers list. So I think, yeah, the club's in a really good position. I think, uh, yeah, a lot of the signings that have come in have, have hit the ground running. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, I think if you look over the last 12 or 18 months, the players that, that Monty signed and, and bought into the club have all, have all been a success, which is which is great to see. So,
3: yeah, I've been looking ex-
0: forward to tomorrow's game and, and getting good results.
3: Rad, uh, being an ex mariner yourself, um, you know, you you touched on the fact that, you know, it's been 12, 18 months where this development, this pathway has come through, where a lot of the juniors um, or academy players have come into the the squad, and um, I think they've done an amazing job, to be honest with you. Um, how do you see the balance of the, the team and the club at the moment um, and are there good things uh, ahead for Mariners fans?
0: Yeah, look, it's, it's an exciting time for the club. It's, I think, um, you, know, I've, you know, a lot of people, and myself included, have been highly critical of, you know, the you know, where the club's been in probably the last, you know, six to eight years. Um, but I think, yeah, Monty and Serge have come in, obviously, and, and really tried to connect the club they understand, you know, what it means to be a club on the Central Coast. They understand the community. Um, off the back of that, Richard Peel's come in as a as a director and, as, you know, obviously talk the talk in terms of ambition at the start. But if you look at what he's actually doing now and, um, you know, another one that understands how important it is to connect with the, the Central Coast community,
2: I'm, I'm super positive about where this club's going in the next, um, you know, period of time. Hey, Brad. You said this interview is ten years in the making, and the fans are desperate for you to come back and be on the air. Can you wait another three or four minutes through the news and come back? Oh, I'm I'm waiting, guys. More than happy to. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, buddy. Great to have you on. We'll talk some Premier League as well because, wow, there's a blockbuster this weekend. Chelsea versus Man U. What a game that'll be. And Butts, you've got some intel. There's, there's an out.
3: I think there is an out. Ronaldo is out of the Man U side. I think he left the game, the, the last game they played, they, they won 2-0, he left before the, oh, the finish of the game.
2: Brad Porter might have some intel mm. as well. Hey, we're off to the news, but I'll just paint a picture here so we're at Gosford Tennis Centre little overcast at the moment, but it's a beautiful location, really tranquil here, but to our right Buttes, we've probably got about maybe 20 kids, they all look like they're maybe 8 or 9 and getting a Saturday morning tennis lesson, mm. which is great to see, isn't it? It
3: certainly is, mate. They're uh but maybe there's a potential Serena Williams or Venus Williams there. Who knows?
2: It also filled my heart with joy on the drive here today, and you can relate to this. I saw so much junior cricket mm. at every local field, and it shows how much we love our summer sports as well. Yeah, you bet, mate.
3: It's great that uh, at least we've got a little bit of sun. Whoa. Well, at least it's not raining anyway.
2: <laughs> Off to the news, the show all thanks to Robson Civil Projects celebrating their 60th anniversary this year, a third-generation family company and also McDonald Jones Homes. If you want to text us, you can do that. Text line is 0477 736, 736. Open line, 1300 42 1533. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.
1: The SEN app is now compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So connect your car now to listen anywhere, anytime. Robson Civil with over 60 years of leading civil construction's experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land, the coast's trade's choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back, live from Gosford Tennis Centre on this Saturday morning. Brad Porter is our special guest, former Mariner now working at the Sports College at Carryong. And, Brad, uh, we're going to talk to Annalise Rasmussen a little later in the hour, the first ever Mariners female player signed. Could you share your thoughts on that day? I thought it was absolutely fantastic on Monday. There was a special press conference, a lot of VIP guests. And Annalise, like Damien Brown. She's now the number one and will be remembered that way by everyone forevermore.
0: Yeah, that's right. Look, Monday was a was a great occasion and again, you know, harping back to, to what I spoke about before and the feeling around the club, I think yeah, everyone involved on, on Monday's announcement of the um, A-League women's on the Central Coast, I think, um, put on a really good show and, and certainly um, you know, on the day, you know, paid tribute to the magnitude of that, um, you know, that coming to the Central Coast, which is brilliant, but yeah, excellent for, for Annalise. Um, she's worked hard over a number of years up at the Central Coast Sports College under the watch eye of, of Dan Barrett up there, and, um, you know, she's, she deserves it. I mean, she's, uh, you know, you talk about hard work in sport, you know, she's one of those ones that shows up every day with an intent to improve and, and get better. Um, she's been involved at the New South Wales Institute of Sport, you know, so three or four nights a week she's travelling down to, to Sydney to train. She's getting back late up on the coast. She's up early the next morning to train at school. Never complains, never moans. Um, so you know it's a it's a wonderful um, you know, reward for her hard work. And as you said, you know, Damian Brown still to this day, you know, when he gets introduced, he's always introduced as the mariner's first ever signing. So she probably doesn't understand the, the magnitude of, of that honour but I'm sure in time, you know, over the course of her career, she'll look back and, and realise how special it is.
2: Gee, there's a lot to be excited about as well, because the Matildas will play here on the Central Coast next month. I mean, mm. that is massive and, gee, I hope we get a great crowd for that as well. I think it's against Thailand, is that correct? Yeah,
0: correct, mate. Um, yeah, look, again, a wonderful coup for the Central Coast to have you know, the, the national women's team up here playing and, um, again, I think it shows the, the ambition. I know Richard Peel was a Um, big part of making that happen so um, you know it's certainly not just a it's not a token gesture from the Mariners you know they certainly do care about women's football and um, you know what an opportunity for all the um, the young girls that play football on the Central Coast to have you know a a professional pathway to aspire to.
2: Yeah Brad uh, Julie Dolan was there of course football royalty and there's a new scholarship in her name it went to a young girl who's already around the young Matildas. Can you tell us more about the young player that received that award or scholarship? Yeah, so
0: uh, young Ava Carlson, so she's another one uh, in the stables up at the Central Coast Sports College. Um, yeah, she's just recently been selected in a, a young Matildas squad, which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, obviously to have a, you know, and again to have a scholarship named after after Julie Dolan, who's obviously a legend in women's football, um, again for her is a, is a great honour and um, you know, another one that, that, you know, young girls on the Central Coast can look up to and really see that there is a, there is a pathway into to professional sport on the Central Coast. I just think it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, Buttes, uh, Sarah Walsh was there, so she played around about 70 games for the Matildas. Heather Garriock was there. I never realised she played so many. She played 130 times for a country. Phenomenal. It is. And they also said, those two Matildas said that Julie Dolan, Captain Australia at the age of 19. Wow,
3: wow, wow, wow. What an achievement. And that's probably why she's got so many uh, awards at, and yeah. Uh, scholarships and, uh, uh, yeah, named after her. Uh, Brad, just on, on the women's and the Matildas in particular, probably haven't had a great deal of success in, in recent months uh, with the World Cup coming up. Um, what do you think needs to change in terms of where they're at?
0: Yeah, look, it's a, it's a difficult question, but I think, you know, heading into... Heading into major international tournaments, um, you, you know, you, you often get, you know, teams and countries that maybe head into these tournaments with fantastic form, uh, and then for whatever reason, it doesn't click in, in the tournament. Um, on the flip side of that, you can have teams going in that maybe aren't at their best, maybe aren't clicking um, outside of a World Cup, and then for whatever reason, things happen. So, look, I think um, I, don't, I don't think they'll be they'll be too concerned. Um, obviously, some. Some bona fide world class players now I think you know Sam Kerr finished uh, I think it was second um, in the female you know world player of the year the other week so we've certainly got some you know bona fide international stars in that group now you know playing on home soil um, you know they're going to get another 20-30% out of that alone so um, yeah I don't think they'd be too concerned
2: you know this far out. Hey Butts, do we give Brad Porter like a quick report card halfway through? How, how do you think he's travelling? Oh,
3: I'm, I'm giving him a uh, probably an eight and a half. Yeah, yeah. out of a hundred.
2: Yeah,
3: I'll,
0: I'll take it. <laughs> is he, <laughs> is he yeah, is the new Adam The old Paul Orton, of old of Orton uh, eight out of thirteen. Uh,
2: out of- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, uh, Brad. Uh, so today we've got Newcastle versus Wellington, Western Sydney up against Brisbane. Uh, this is the one that's pretty mouthwatering this weekend. We've got a Melbourne derby, victory mm. versus City. How do you see that one?
0: Yeah, huge game, huge game, and obviously two teams that... I mean, Melbourne City, you know, um, what what more can be said about them? Obviously, um, you know, incredibly successful over the past two or three years. You know, incredible resources. Um, so they'll always be, you know, competing at the top end of the league, but... Um, you know, my my tip for the for the title this season you know um, is Melbourne victory uh, I think Tony Popovich came in last season and transformed them from bottom of the table and I think they were a game away from the the grand final in the end but look I think he's uh you know he's a top quality coach uh, he gets the best out of teams and I think him in his second year at the club um, he's brought in nanny as well you know a, a world-class signing who's um, you know, done some fantastic things in the opening two games. Uh, you know, I'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna lean towards victory in this one. Hey, what about Nanny after his first game? Where a couple of spectators were able to jump the fence, evade security. If in fact there was no sign of security for maybe thirty seconds, they were part of the post-match interview that was played. And yeah, that, yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, nothing happened, but to me that's quite disturbing what could eventuate because we do remember monica sellis right mm. yeah look
0: i found it was bizarre um the fact that it was i mean it was two young kids as well i mean you know and they've obviously traveled a long way i think they end up taking a selfie with nanny and um, yeah. fair play to him he was a good sport about it all um but yeah certainly certainly concerning that you know two young kids can get on the pitch and travel that yeah, And then distance,
2: about so. about 30 seconds later you see you could have queued the Benny Hill music you see security <laughs> go running <laughs> running through the shot It was hilarious uh, Yeah, I
3: love it Brad what about yeah, the EPL mate we've got, a, we've got a big game coming up Chelsea and Man U Man U two nil winners uh, last game against uh, Tottenham um, and Chelsea uh, had a nil or draw with Brentford um, but uh, one of the big clashes uh, of the season
0: yeah, look, massive Chelsea, Manchester United, obviously two heavyweights in you know European football, let alone England. Um, and you look at their you know respective positions on the table and where they're sitting. I think they're, they're fourth and fifth at the moment. Mm. I think you know the winner of that game probably you know Eric Ten Hag has come into United, and you know, there's certainly signs of improvement there. Um, Graham Potter as well, new manager at Chelsea. I think the winner of this game probably. You know they're looking quite good, and and maybe start to think of themselves as you know an outside chance at a title tilt. Um, the loser, you know, is probably brought back to the pack a little bit. But obviously, the big story out of out of United is obviously uh, Cristiano Ronaldo um, and the absolute circus that seems to be surrounding him. Um, he's been dropped from the matchday squad, which is uh, you know obviously a huge call from from Ten Hag. You know, previous previous United managers, you know, maybe haven't had the um, the backing or the confidence to do that so it's a, it's a huge move to to drop someone of that stature but you know, in, in my opinion the right move given the way that he's um, carried on so far this season
2: Hey Butes, Brad is that good that when our sports show's on hiatus my people are talking to his people about doing a football podcast over the summer Why
3: not have a listen to him, he's across
2: everything he is, He's an encyclopaedia uh, Brad, thank you so much mate, and can for joining I say, us. Can I, and can I say, can I say as well, I'm an Aston Villa fan.
0: Right, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard finally sacked. The guy was an absolute, uh, an absolute virus at Aston Villa. So I'm stoked that he's gone. Hopefully, we can bring in uh, bring in a manager to take us back to the top.
2: Yeah, gee, I, I thought nah. you were going to do a Roy Kent there. I'm glad you didn't do a Roy Kent <laughs> from Ted Lasso. Yeah,
3: don't hold back, Brad, on what you think about Gerard. <laughs> that's for sure. Wow, yeah, great he, to have you on the show, mate. Good, mate.
2: Keep keep up the good work at the sports college. Uh, what a fantastic story that is. In fact, I know they've added they've added basketball. Yeah, I think rugby league is on yeah, the radar as well. In, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a Absolutely, great nursery. Yeah,
2: yeah Michael it's Sullivan a, doing a great job up there with rugby league. So.
3: Yeah, and they've competed recently at the Oztag tournament, the school champions of champions, where I think they were in three out of the four uh, finals, uh, which is a, a great effort. Uh, probably the most, um, well, the strongest school there without a shadow of a doubt. So, yeah, there's lots of good things coming out of the uh, the school there, the sports college.
2: Yeah, Brad, you could probably give a shout out to the main man because it, it all filters from the top down, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, you know, Paul Chapman, obviously, you know, you guys know we started as a football school 10, well, it's 10 years ago now. We've actually been op- in operation for 10 years uh, at the end of this year and obviously a huge evolution over that time to, to bring in new sports and now, you know, known as the Central Coast Sports College. And um, we're obviously, you know, beginning to see some fantastic results and, and pathways for young athletes on the Central Coast. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Great environment to be part of.
2: Yeah, I'm giving uh, Brad Porter yeah. a standing ovation. Uh, great job. He's, he's a nine and a half now. Out yeah. of a hundred. Okay, oh. we're uh, <laughs> off to a break. We're back with the first female of the Central Coast Mariners A-League women. Annalise Rasmussen is coming up next on Saturdays on the Coast.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning. We're live from Gosford Tennis Centre and uh, I'm rising for another standing ovation. I really love this story on Monday. The first signing for the Mariners, A-League Women's. Mm -hmm. So this young lady, her name will be forever etched in history. Annalise Rasmussen, good morning and congratulations again on what unfolded on Monday being the first signing for the Mariners. Um,
5: Good morning, guys. Um, And yeah, thank you once
2: again. How's the week been? Has it sunk in for you and... What a what an outstanding day that was with so many VIPs there and also you being announced.
5: Yeah, it's definitely been a massive week for me, and I'm, um, I don't know, I just I don't know how to feel at the moment. It's definitely I'm over the moon, and I'm just I'm just so happy.
3: And at least the calibre of people that were in the room, and were you aware of their status in the game and and what they've done in terms of women's soccer?
5: Um. Oh, I met a few of the, some of the new people there that I've never seen before, and I was pretty shocked to find out who was in the room, and just to be able to speak to them was definitely um, a big experience.
2: For For our listeners, Annalise, can you tell them a little bit about your pathway? So, you're a long-time Academy member, but you also played with a junior club here, and then you've also spent a lot of time going to Sydney. Can you tell us a bit about your yeah. story?
5: Yes. Yeah. So um, I grew up originally playing in Sydney, and then I moved up to the Central Coast when I was around 10 years old, um, and then I played for my local club, um, which was Tookley and then Wangara. and then from there I, I was scouted to then play in the Mariners Academy, um, and I was there for about five years, and then last season I moved to Sydney to play for the Football New South Wales Institute. Um, and
3: now I'm back at the matches, so it's definitely been a bit of a journey but yeah. Well it sounds like a great journey though, but and uh it appears that, you know, you've got blue and yellow in your in your veins there, obviously being in the academy for, for so many years, which is great. You're also up at the sports college. Um yeah. Annalisa, how does that how does that all fit in? How do you get that balance between, you know, your club soccer and also the demands of Soccer at school?
5: Yeah, so it definitely is challenging, you know, trying to balance football and school. But I think our school, my school did really well with um, our support system and, you know, always just trying to support me any way that I can because they know it is uh, definitely a big um, challenge. But I think just also me just trying to figure out that balance on my own. Um, Yeah, we we
2: can't wait to see you play because you can play anywhere in the front third, but you're an out-and-out striker from what everyone tells me. Can you just share a little story? Uh, On Monday, you got a little emotional when you mentioned about your parents and some of their sacrifices. Do you just want to elaborate on what they've meant to you to get to where you are now? Yeah. Um, So,
5: yeah, my parents have definitely been my number one support throughout my whole journey. Um, they have sacrificed so much for me, you know, just having to sometimes, you know, just driving to Sydney when I used to train in Sydney, an hour and a half there and then an hour and a half coming back, you know, definitely was a lot for them. But, um, you know, they've always believed in me and they've always just wanted the best of me and I'm just happy I could do this for them.
2: Yeah, yeah, I tell you, we believe in you too. Mm, well, it appears it's paid off, Steve. Because yeah. uh, we can all relate to that, so uh, as sporting parents. Yeah. And you will do yeah. anything you can to help your your children succeed. And least yeah. you told me on Monday your favourite player in the world. You know, it's not Sam Kerr, it's not one of the Matildas. No. It's it's actually a young lady who plays with Barcelona. Tell us more.
5: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So my favourite player, is definitely is the best in the world right now. You know, Alexia, I after just winning the Ballon d'Or, um, you know, she's always, I've just always loved watching her playing. You know, she's just someone I try to mimic while playing. And I think just her playing style and the way she plays on the ball is just definitely something else and something I don't really see in other players.
2: Yeah. Hey, Michael's got one more question. One more question. And we've got less than a minute to fire away, Michael.
3: Yeah. It must be really exciting, at least when you think about, you know, being the first time for the Mariners... Uh, playing yeah. in the uh, A-League, the WA League. Um, and yeah. what are your, I guess, what are your hopes and dreams in terms of what your future like, uh, future looks like uh, in terms of your soccer career?
5: Um, yeah, just in terms of some of my goals, you know, I'm just trying to be the best that I can and definitely just make a huge impact with the Mariners. But also for myself, just to try and play um at an international level, you know, with the Matilda's. Mm. and stuff. But um, I think just trying to be the best I can, the best that I can be and just see where that goes.
2: Yeah, well done. No, uh, so nice to talk to you this morning. So nice to meet you on Monday. Nice. Annalise Rasmussen, thanks for your time.
5: All good, guys.
2: The first Mariners female player signed, and that's something that will stay with her forever, as Damien Brown said to me on Monday. So it might not sink in for a while, but she will forever... Yep. have that moniker. We're off to the news back in a moment we'll talk some men's netball Nerida Stewart, the coach of the Australian team they won the Trans-Tasman title she'll join us right after the news on SEN
1: Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land the coast's tradies choice for tools steel, gas, visit BJHouse.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast
2: yeah, welcome back. We're live at Gosford Tennis Centre on this Saturday morning. Steve Allen and former New South Wales and Australian Rugby League representative, Michael Butner alongside me. Speaking of rugby league, Michael and the Australians, big win overnight.
3: Massive. And the World Cup. Massive win, Steve, against Scotland. 84 points to nil. Um, I just watched a little bit of the highlights then. And, uh, you know what, the the interesting thing here is, you know, I don't think Mal Mening is going to learn a lot out of... You know, the biggest debate will be the uh, the question mark over who's going to be the halfback. Will it be Daly Cherry Evans? Will it be Nathan Cleary? And, you know, to be honest with you, there's not going to be any key picks up out of the game against Scotland mm. to prove that Nathan Cleary did a great job because the opposition is pretty inferior. But I've got to tell you, you've got to look at what happened at the back end of the season and how um, the impact... Nathan Cleary had, and he was, for me, the, you know, without doubt, the best halfback in the game.
2: It's going to be really interesting in a moment because Nerida Stewart is about to come on, so the coach of the Australian men's netball team. Mm. And Nerida will say that, I'm sure she'll say, that any country that gets the chance to play Australia, particularly in sports like netball, even though it's 84-0... to nil, Forget about the scoreline. What an opportunity it is for those nations to go up against the benchmark.
3: Most definitely. You know, there's no doubt about that. You know, those Scotland players will learn a lot out of that. Um, Certainly no need to be embarrassed because we're talking the best players in the world here uh, in this Australian side. And, And some of them are, you know, as good as we've seen in a long time.
2: Well, you played against PNG.
3: Yes, correct. And it was, you know, we...
2: Yeah. You scored three tries?
3: But two. Held up for a third, Steve. I would yep. have had a 300% strike rate if I had got that <laughs> ball down. Um, but nevertheless, it's okay. But look, a really strong performance from the Australians. Ado Car scoring four tries. Campbell, uh, Graham Campbell. Is it? No, Campbell Graham, sorry. Campbell Graham scoring (laughs) three on debut. They had a
2: big night celebrating Bluey's birthday. Bluey's birthday,
3: yeah, it was a big night. But uh, (laughs) Campbell Graham, three tries. uh, Nathan Cleary was in everything. Like, absolutely everything.
2: And also, uh, congratulations, uh, young man that we've known, uh, close friends of our family. Brendan O'Hagan made his international debut for Ireland against Jamaica. Uh, He was playing, came off the bench, played at hooker, scored a try for the Irish, and they now take on, they take on Lebanon. On Monday, So that'll be a really interesting clash. So well done to Brendan O'Hagan from the Berkeley Vale Panthers. Yeah, you know, he's had a lot of setbacks with injuries. So, so proud. And I saw a photo of his family. They're over there to watch the World Cup. And yeah. it's the best photo I've ever seen. You know, just that elation, that jubilation, seeing your son achieve something.
3: Yeah, you bet. Any time you get to represent um, or compete at a World Cup is, um, you know, something to be cherished. Yeah. So. There's no, no reason why that family shouldn't be celebrating.
2: Yeah, and you know, Brendan plays in the UK and he's sponsored by Whitey's Right Price Tyres, Mark Whitehead. He was at the function last night yep. with the Entrance Tigers. I've never seen so much love in a room for a sponsor. And uh, Mark Whitehead, I think he's going to be around our show no, in good. the future.
3: Good, good, good. We need good sponsors on board. he's one of them.
2: Our people are talking to his people. Uh, let's go to Nerida Stewart now. And uh, this means a standing ovation, Buttes. Wow, what a performance in the (laughs) Trans-Tasman men's netball. What a thriller. Uh, Two games to one, 61-57 the final game. Mm. And wow, creating history. This was just a joy to watch. I think it's one of the best stories of the year, narrator. Congratulations.
6: Thank you so much. It's great to hear your voice again, fellas. And yeah, it's been a, a brilliant ride over the last two weeks and one that I think myself and the staff and the boys will definitely look back on fondly in the years to come.
2: You got one of our dear friends who's also on the bench. Like I was watching her on KO, and that's Re- Rebecca Rodwell.
6: Yeah, Beck's my uh, my manager for the Australian men's team, and did a, a formidable job. It was um, it's an, look, it's an amazing experience to uh, I think for myself to be a coach of an Australian team, let alone have a manager such as, as her alongside me and my bestie at the same time. So. Um, we're sort of very grateful for the opportunity that we get to experience this stuff together and I'm sure when we're old women we'll be telling, rem- reminding each other of the story <laughs> in, <laughs> and what we've done. So,
2: In that final game, can you tell us about your goal shooter because I think he shot at 98% which is <laughs> unbelievable.
6: Yeah, yeah, Jerome Gilbard he's from uh, Western Australia and he's probably one of the, the more experienced players that um, we had in the squad and I think he was sitting on 100% up until the, the third or fourth quarter and it was 40 from 41. So he's um, he's a really beautiful, crafty goal shooter who has the size and the capability to play a holding game but has this ridiculous flair and creativity to move and, and carve, carve the circle up and create a moving circle, which is a beautiful balance. And it was one that the Kiwis really had difficulty in shutting down. So it allowed us that opportunity to take the focus away from our goal attack, Brody Roberts, who'd sort of started in the first test and gave us that flip to be able to give Jerome the, the spotlight and take the focus away from Brody, which was great.
2: You know, Butes, I think one of the real litmus tests is that this week I have people telling me that they'd watched the men's netball.
3: Yeah, and you know what, it's interesting. I was going to ask uh, Nerida, how was it received, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the support, the uh, not only... Um, Externally, but internally, you know, at the games themselves. What sort of crowds did we get there, and uh, was there the action? I know you were caught up in it, in fact, you know, as a coach, but, you know, were you able to soak it in at various stages and go, wow, this is something, this is, you know, a little bit of history here?
6: I think um, the first test was something that everyone, it was quite emotional for everyone, sort of moving out onto that main court in Sparks Arena in, in Auckland and hearing the national anthem play and this enormous screen in front of you which had our flag in front and that was I know it was a very emotional moment for all of us and we talked a lot about you know soaking in that moment and that occasion but then being able to switch over and and play the game not play the occasion so yeah there were moments there to really soak that in and and um enjoy it and then I think the, the the day after that first test and that first win, it was just like a media frenzy, and and the boys and myself had never really experienced anything quite like it. So, there was a big uh, big response from you know the external side, and and then we're getting a lot of chit chat and comments from people over the last sort of week about people that have noticed us on on social media and have watched the game, and people that had gone to watch the Diamonds play and caught the back end of our games and. Um, you know saw how exciting the game was and how athletic and, and skillful the boys were and i think that last test in melbourne the last half of it the noise i remember capturing a mo- capturing a moment in that last quarter where it was really a, t- a tight close uh period in the game and and the noise from the crowd i think was that you know 13th player that we had on our bench that really got the boys over so the response has been brilliant and hopefully it'll just grow rapidly from here on in
2: yeah the kiwis the Silver Ferns used to have a shooter Irene Van Dyke, who is a legend of the game, mm-hmm. and the Kiwi men—they've got a guy who's like a seven-footer. Is that correct? And how in the world yes. do you nullify that?
6: <laughs> it was a challenge, Junior Levi. Yeah, he's he's an enormously tall human being, and I think uh, we were able to shut that down in in the first test, and and they came back and they'd done their homework, and we're probably a little bit relaxed and and flat in our second test, but we. We've gone away and come up with some strategy, and realised that we really needed to do the hard work up front, and and that it was, you know it was going to take an effort from the five forwards through the middle middle of the court, and they did the job, and we've you know we've got the the beautiful benefit of having some extremely aerial um, defenders that if we can put enough pressure up front, it allows them that space and time frame to get up and get some tip to ball. So, junior actually used to play in the Australian team years ago, so it sort of flipped and. Um, they, they've taken him over there now. So it creates create some added pressure, but nothing that the uh, Aussie boys couldn't, couldn't fight up against, which was, which was great.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what else. I love Buttes, and mm. I know you've got the next question, but on my podcast, I had Dan Ryan recently, and that's one of the most popular podcasts I've had. He's the coach of the West Coast Fever. So mm-hmm. he was in commentary the other night, and he's been a huge advocate as well of men's netball. He's the guy that lost 27 games in a row. Went to the UK, used his own money and then eventually lands the job at the West Coast Fever, leads them to the Premiership. But I loved hearing him in commentary. I'd like to get Nerida's thoughts as well in a few moments, but fire away, my friend. Yeah,
3: Nerida, I just want to touch on, you know, you as the coach and obviously you're caught up in, you know, doing the role that you have to do. But have you had the time to sit back and reflect on, you know, the achievement and and what you're able to do uh, with that squad uh, and... The success you had.
6: Oh, it was a long flight and train ride home from, uh, <laughs> from the airport um, on, uh, on on Thursday, and I think I know Rebecca and I were sort of sitting sitting in the in the airport and then the, on the train back from Sydney and. And we spent a little bit of time sort of making sure that we were, you know, recognizing that this was such an historic occasion for men's netball and and for the sport of netball itself and and also for us to be able to have, Mm. you know, this opportunity to lead this team and how grateful I am for the people that, you know, were open to giving me that opportunity and and something that I, I really, you know, five years ago would never have foreseen and, uh, I think that you know you have to reflect and go and be grateful and realise that this is something really special and and something that I will I will cherish forever and and something I can't wait to build on as well. It's it's really put a bit more of a fire in my belly and and I'm ready with the boys' take on England Sunday week and I'm I'm really pumped for that opportunity as well. So yeah, you got to sit back and reflect, otherwise um, you miss all the joy from it, and that's why we do yep. this stuff.
2: Yeah. Hey, He Who got the players' player?
6: Uh, Jerome Gilbard got the Players Player from the third test. Um, we've actually been we've we've done uh, Players Player for all of our our test series, and we've had two shooters um, either either end of the test with Brody at the first in the first test, and Jerome in the in the third. And our captain Dylan nexup scored the uh, the uh, wombat grandfather wombat we had that they had to carry around. So he got that in the second series because he just you know really led from the front and had a great game. So. Look, all, it's really difficult with a squad like that. They're all so talented and we were able to utilise all of them that they all had to, had to do their job um, to be able to achieve what we did. And, and it's a, a difficult thing when you've got to p- you know, pick out one person that's excelled yeah. amongst a group of really talented players.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Jerome is from WA. What about the rest of the squad? Because logistically, that would be difficult as well, I, I imagine.
6: Yeah, we've, we've had four boys that were from WA. Um, one from Brisbane, and then a mix of Victoria and New South Wales, and it it has been a little bit of a puzzle, but one that um, you know, with a lot of planning and a lot of organising, we've been able to uh, utilise uh, SSN coaches within the states that have really come on board and helped us with getting the boys into their training space to really prep them well. And we've got a great uh, SNC provider here, Adrian Schultz from Coast Sport, who's been running the program. From a strength and conditioning component, the boys get a lot of programming in a, in apps and online that they can sort of access, and many Zoom sessions and lots of planning. But um, you know, you can't do that without what does it take? They say it takes a village, and we've just got the right village to help us manage the whole thing. So um, you know, kudos to everyone that uh, contributed to this. There were there were a lot of people.
2: Hey, Nerida, I do notice uh, this week, and I love this. Catherine Cox, AM, one of our dear friends. Uh, inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame for her contribution to netball, which began back in 1997. Maybe a teammate of yours, but what a superstar of the game and so richly deserved.
6: Yeah, Kath and I were really lucky. Actually, I coached Kath in her under-15s rep team, which was really weird because then we went on to play together in the goal circle. So um, I did run into Kath before the Melbourne game um, on Wednesday, which was great and gave her a bit of a hug. And... We caught up really, really briefly, but it's such a massive achievement for her and she's just done some really wonderful things for the sport of netball and she will continue to do so into the future. So massive um, congrats to her and I'm sure everyone that knows is really proud of that for her.
2: Hey, Nerida, fantastic. Can you just tell us again, so you take on England uh, in a couple of weeks, is that correct?
6: We do on Sunday the 30th. We take on England uh, as a curtain raiser before the Diamonds and England Roses game in Kudos Bank Arena at 5.15. And we would love as many Sydney siders to get down there and and catch us. It's always also going to be streamed on on KO, freebies, which will be great. If you can't get there, you can catch that on the telly. And then we head off to Christchurch to the World Series Fast Five competition. So um, we've got some great opportunities coming up and we've been able to bring in... Four fresh legs and rest a few boys and, um, you know, being able to showcase the depth of our sport is going to be fantastic and we're really excited about it.
2: Yeah, wouldn't you love a venue on the Central Coast where we could host mm. the Australian men's <laughs> netball team? What do you think, Nerida?
6: That would be so good. I've always said that Bunnings building should be converted into a netball stadium. <laughs> <laughs> great.
2: It's a great idea great idea yeah, it is it yeah. is she's an ideas woman yeah yeah. yeah. hey Nerida uh, we're giving you another standing ovation here at SEN Saturdays on the Coast congratulations to you and Beck, and look forward to catching up soon
6: thanks so much fellas take care love chatting as always
2: Nerida Stewart coach of the Australian men's netball team winners
3: busy schedule coming up Steve
2: yeah and good on them and you know I was going to ask Nerida, but I'll ask you. Like at some stage, like the NRLW, it will be great to see the men come out from being a curtain raiser into a standalone. Standalone,
3: yeah, and, and you know I have no doubt that that will happen at some stage. Especially you know you hear Nerida talk about the athleticism and you know the ability and how talented these guys are. It's great to watch. Uh, once people do jump on board and see uh, what the guys have to offer, I have no doubt it'll be a standalone. And you're right, Steve. You know the, we've seen it now with the NRLW and. They're going to be standing alone soon. We had 42,000 at the grand final Yeah, uh, for the NRLW grand final. So, yeah, it's only going to get bigger and better.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But we've got a couple of great interviews to finish the show this morning. So in the next 40 minutes, Lucy Stringer will join us. Mm-hmm. Paul's daughter. I love this. So she's in grade 11. She's doing a 50-kilometre walk for brain cancer. She's raised – well, she's exceeded her expectations – when I had a look online, she'd already raised over $5,000. You know, she might double that this weekend. So we'll talk to her in a few moments' time, find out why she's doing the walk. I'd actually, I'd love to finish the radio show and go join her for a couple of hours. Yeah. Not sure where, she, where she'll be. Uh, but I'm sure she'll have a lot of people with her and rallying around the cause. It's
3: a good little test, isn't it? 50 kilometres is a decent um, Yeah. Stride, walk, stroll.
2: Started at three a.m. this morning <coughs> from Bato Bay. She was she was going to walk from Newcastle back to the coast, but they were just a little concerned that early in the morning it might be a little dangerous walking along the highway. So, and then we're going to talk to one of the super mums. So the super mums from North Entrance went up to the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. won the Cooling Out of Gold, annihilated the field in the teams category in the Masters. We'll be talking to one of the supermums, Kristen O'Brien, in the last half hour. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The Coast's trades choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning. We're live from Gosford Tennis Centre. Hey, <laughs> should we throw back to headquarters? Is he all right back Adam, there? Adam, are you okay back there?
7: Yeah, okay, guys.
2: Probably a little bit tired, but... Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it, mate. It like the old Q. Your
3: Q doesn't have as much vibe as it usually has. Can
2: you give our listeners an insight? Just give us what you say to us when we come out of an ad break.
0: So, yes, I basically tell you to um, get ready by saying the word cue.
2: Yeah, let's hear how you actually say it. Shout it out. Q. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mate, that's, that's it, it. Were
3: well, you on a bender last night Or no, the last three nights i
2: tell you He was watching Zimbabwe Was in, he In the World Cup Is that correct Adam Indeed
0: yes And they've qualified now For um, the World Cup in- Them and the Netherlands The two teams That got the last two oh. spots So, So Sri Lanka and West
3: Indies Are no longer in the World Cup Is oh. that correct uh, I believe so, yes.
0: Um, yeah, Also, wow. no Namibia, no UAE as well, so... Yep. Interesting.
2: Yeah, and the Aussies are up against the Kiwis later on today. What a big one so that'll Buttes. be. Were that, you, you yes. saying Buttes, over 90,000?
3: 90, 90,000. Yeah, it's sold out. Um, and then you've got... I think you've got India and Pakistan also that Ooh. are playing, which will be another big game. Um, yeah. You know, and the, I think that's also at the MCG. It'd be silly if it wasn't at the MCG, because i will pack that out as well. But Aussies... Oh, look... You know what, going into this World Cup, they're not in great form, I've got to say, but they're still favourites, which I find surprising. I think England are going to be uh, a team to keep an eye on. The Kiwis, uh, as per usual, will be there or thereabouts. But there's so, you know, I love the T20 because it's, you know, keeps teams in the contest. You see some big hitting. These players and their ability to just to knock the ball around the, the oval is just phenomenal. Absolutely. So it's Zimbabwe, uh, Staples, and who was the other? Nation Netherlands. Correct. Yeah, Well. All right, interesting.
2: Hey, boys, the uh, show, all thanks to Robson Civil Project celebrating their 60th anniversary. Central Coast business, but now also in Sydney, Newcastle, right through the Hunter Valley as well, and also out to Dubbo. And we do it also thanks to McDonald Jones Homes and Whitey's Right Price Tires. Well, let's go to our next guest, and this young lady. I think it started at 3am this morning, walking 50 kilometres for brain cancer research. Lucy Stringer, good morning. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast.
7: Hello, how are you?
2: Look, we're well. Lucy, where are you and how many k's into this walk are you?
7: Just at um, Terrigal Beach and we are 35 k's in.
2: Well, you sound
3: really bubbly for 35 k's into the walk, <laughs> Lucy. It's an outstanding performance. Tell us a bit about um, what inspired you to uh, to walk this 50 kilometres and uh, what you're raising money for. Oh, so I'm
7: actually just doing it. Um, my dad lost his best mate to brain cancer a few years ago. And one of my friends, Taylor, has got brain cancer now. So I just thought, why not? Like, while you can. Fit and healthy. And uh, I've actually raised...
3: Um, over five and a half grand now. Wow, what a yeah. fantastic yeah. performance. Well yeah. done, Lucy. That's outstanding.
2: Hey, Butes, did you know yeah, Lucy you. when she was first born?
3: No, I, uh, no. We'd, I think we'd finished playing, um.
2: Because Lucy, Michael played with your dad back back in the day? Long, long, t-
3: long time ago, Lucy. Uh long time ago, but... Don't judge you. No, I won't do that at all. No. <laughs> hey, hey,
2: Lucy, so you're a Terrigal at the moment. Can you paint a picture? How many how many people have been walking with you through the morning? I, I dare say there'd be hundreds in total.
7: Um, not quite hundreds, but I've had um, since 3am, I've had at the 3am start, I had like 25 people with me and then throughout, I've got about 40 at the moment, which is really good.
2: Yeah, I, I love it. And I said that I would like to go and join you, but it sounds like you're in the home straight if you've only got fifteen K's to go.
7: It's good, fifteen K's, yeah, that's
3: it. How are the feet going, Lucy? Are you feeling okay? Like you like I said, you sound really bubbly. You're seven <laughs> hour you're seven hours into uh, the walking trek. You've got probably yeah. another what, two hours, three hours to go? Uh
7: probably two hours. The blisters are a bit um, raw but that's all right.
2: Yeah, good. How, how can people go about it if they'd like to donate?
7: Um, look, I've got a um, link that, or you could go to like the Cure for Brain Cancer Foundation page, and my um, like kind of profile should be there.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what we'll do, Lucy. We will share that on our Facebook page, on the uh, Sports yeah, show was- Pod. Yeah, so we'll share that as soon as the show finishes. And yeah. con- congratulations again on behalf of Michael and myself. I mean, I mentioned earlier you're in grade 11 at the entrance campus, and to actually, a lot of people see things that are happening, and you know, to actually go ahead and do something is just remarkable for a young lady like yourself. And you got a background in rugby league too. You play with Terrigal? Yeah, I do. Yes,
3: yeah, Terrigal. In what position do you play, Lucy? Uh,
7: I play front row.
3: In the front row, like your dad, eh? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, apparently. I'm sure you're a lot better than he is.
7: Oh, I like it.
3: I like it. you like to think so? Good girl. I like a girl with confidence as well. Listen, Lucy, we wish you all the very best with uh, this little trek of yours. You've got 15 Ks to go. You're doing an amazing job, and you should be extremely proud uh, of what you've managed to achieve so far, raising over $5,500. And hopefully, with our help, We might be able to get you up to that six, seven. Who knows? Maybe even ten thousand dollars. Yes, that would
7: be
2: awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure. Lucy Stringer joining us. We're off to the news and Butts are coming up soon. We're going to hear from a lady who raced in the Coolingata Gold last weekend Mm -hmm. on the Gold Coast. Supermum. They they won for the second time, and these guys—they are supermums. When you hear the story of a few of these women. Yeah, they've raised families. Some of them are world champions. In fact, three of the four have won world titles in their own respective sports. We'll find out more in a few moments. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
1: The SEN app is now compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So connect your car now to listen anywhere, anytime. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit RobsonCivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit BJHowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back. We're live from Gosford Tennis Center and absolutely loving it on this Saturday morning. Buttes before I forget, this weekend is Chrome Fest. At the entrance. And Chrome Fest is awesome. We were hoping to speak to Kelly Purcell this morning who 's one of the organizers, uh, Jaron Purcell, her son, who mm. uh, local star rugby league player, also aligned with the Newcastle Knights. but if you get the chance this weekend check out Chrome Fest at the entrance as well as the cars there 's lots of performances a couple of years ago before the pandemic. I actually worked at chrome fest and it 's just a weekend long party buttes and something we should be very proud of on the Central Coast.
3: What's it entail, Chrome Fest?
2: So just Talk beautiful, beautiful, cars? classic cars. Yeah,
3: beautiful. I thought so. I thought that's the direction we're heading.
2: Yeah, fully kind of retro. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think earlier in the week they had the low riders, which, you know, you see in parts of California. Does it but,
3: uh, take you down memory lane? Yeah. Do you I, go back to the old days where the old well, there is HQ some, and the...
2: Well, there's some rock and roll dancing, but these cars are just pristine. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, across the weekend, I, I think I heard some numbers, maybe close to seventy-five or 80,000 came to the coast to take a look at this. So, yeah, it's one of the best events that we host, and they're, I'm glad it's back on.
3: They're very passionate, some people, about their cars, aren't they? Like, and you think about some of the values that these cars have. I know that, you know, when I'm uh, at Oztag, we've got a, a warehouse next to us, and the guy has five or six cars. I think they're... Mate, I would suggest they're probably worth about a million dollars. Like, it's just phenomenal how much time, money, and passion they have for, you know, fixing up these cars and making them look pristine and,
2: you know. Yeah. Butes, if you could have any car, what would it be?
3: Right now? I'd probably say it'd be a Porsche Cayenne, something along those lines. Yeah, right. If I won the hundred million at Powerball, which is now a hundred and sixty million <laughs> yeah. next Thursday, my yeah. goodness, I've spent a fair whack of it already.
2: I'd probably go for a, a sixty-six Mustang. Would you? But you know, if we're going more contemporary, maybe an Aston Martin, James uh, Bond style.
3: My uh, Perry Haddock, my boss, he has a Aston Martin yeah. at the moment. Hey, really we're about nice.
2: to we're about to go to one of the super mums. Uh, Butes, um, I just want to say on the air, publicly, I'm glad to see you've got your phone. Because if you go away on a weekend, you don't want to lose your mobile phone. Particularly if you're in Coffs Harbour.
3: Correct, yes, that's true. (laughs) Because I have been known to do that occasionally. (laughs) Left (laughs) it in the cab. Wow. (laughs) What are the chances?
2: Let's go live to one of the supermums. She's been waiting patiently on the line. They've gone to the Gold Coast and they've got the job done yet again Kristen O'Brien, good morning. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast.
8: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I don't know if it's super mums or
3: crazy mums.
2: <laughs> yeah, are you wearing a cape?
3: Let's call them super crazy mums.
2: Yeah. Hey, congr- <laughs> congratulations. So tell us about the race again. And this star-studded team of yours, it starts with Petra Sawyer, who's a former oh. world champion in lifesaving on the ski.
8: Yes, amazing. So these are for, um friends childhood friends that um all of us individually have a leg in this cooling out of gold so we have um ex olympian triathlete nicole hackett is our runner so that's a pretty high bar there
5: mm. we've got ex <laughs> um,
8: professional iron woman brooke castle her ma- married name now is brooke allen so she's our board paddler and we've got ex world champion um surf lifesaver petra sawyer maiden name black and then there's little old me, local Central Coast swimmer, um, Kristen O'Brien, doing the swim leg. So the four of us together grew up um, swimming on the Central Coast and just um, kept maintained our friendship having kids. And the last few years have decided to compete in these um, ridiculously crazy endurance, endurance events.
3: It sounds to me it's fully stacked Steve that yeah. team that lineup my goodness isn't there some superstars yeah. there
2: and Kristen is uh, far too humble, humble like yes. so if she goes and lines up in the Cole Classic which is one of the big swimming races in Sydney fair chance she finishes on the dais how did you enjoy the day tell us about the conditions and also it's one of the one of those kind of events like running a marathon where you're actually able to mix with the elite athletes that compete including Ali Day who won the men's race
8: yeah, so all up. So a lot of people do this thing solo, which is absolutely phenomenal. So we do it as a team. So everyone, you have your elite waves go off first. So they're your star studded names, your TJ Hendy, your um, Ali Day, and then the women, your Courtney Hancock's head off. And then the team events go with the masters. So we all head off together. So it starts with a um, 23 kilometre ski leg. So that is epic. So over two hours paddling a ski and then you hand over to a runner. So Nikki, one kilometre soft sand run. And then over to myself, a three and a half kilometre ocean swim. Mm. Then over to the board paddler, a six kilometre board paddle out in the middle of the ocean by yourself. And then finish with an eight kilometre soft sand run. So we... Um, I guess, are quite competitive and like to um, push ourselves as hard as we can. So, um, yeah, we do try to um, give it to um, some of the um, more competitive um, masters and elite athletes and hold our own as a team. But we are fresh. We do have four fresh competitors, but they're just sensational, phenomenal athletes doing the whole thing on their own.
2: Hey, Kristen, what were the conditions like compared to last time? And your winning time in your category, 5 hours, 13.58. Uh, I'd also like to ask, one of the great aspects of your race was the finish. So Nikki is surrounded by this entourage of kids. Can you, can you pick up the story? Because the commentators loved it.
8: Yes, yes. So what I guess this, the best thing about the our team is the support crew of our kids. So between the four of us, we have 10 children. So at the end of the run leg, we had all of the kids cross the line with Nikki and it was just the kids thought that um we had won the Olympic medal. It was just so exciting, and the that's what the sport's about that's what surf life saving and master just master sport in general. It's about the community of people around it, and for us it's our families, husbands, kids, so the whole time and i I think it doesn't matter what um event we're doing, whether it is competing in surf life saving, ocean swims. Guarantee it, our kids are screaming on the side of it, go mum, which is just, yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> Great. I,
2: I,
3: love, I love the fact that you have, like, this combination or this fully stacked team... Um, that you have. But yeah. You, yeah. You How had do they this... get them in the salary cap? Wow, that is you know, yeah. 100% correct. But the thing about it is that you've had, you've had this friendship for, what, 20, 30 years? Oh, yeah.
8: plus we were like oh, eight, nine-year-old kids all doing swimming training together, and then that friendship's blossomed, and we continue, and we've all ended up in the North Entrance Surf Club competing wow. together again. So it's just... And I think that's that generational thing. So hopefully the kids watching us do this, it's that it's the norm for them. And yes. if we can inspire anyone to have a go, because that's what it's about, just getting in and having a go. It's really not about your medal. It's, it's having that um, support, um, companionship, and the camaraderie that goes with it. So that's what's the biggest, um, for me, achievement about it. But the day, it was just... Huge surf, so poor Petra heading out on the ski leg. Absolute, like, she's the pillar of strength. She's amazing. I can't even sit in a ski, let alone paddle it for 23 kilometres, getting out through huge surf, and then um, the board paddle. So you kind of get like to rely on a bit of a downwind to push you along a bit. Absolutely nothing. It was a crosswind, so it was a bit of a side chop the whole way. So, yeah, the conditions weren't great, and it was bloody boiling hot sun, so we're not used to that on the central coast at the moment. So all of those things combined, it was a pretty tough day, but very proud of the girls, and very proud and honoured to be a part of it again.
2: Yeah, and you said something that Kurt Fernley said a few years ago. He said... You don't remember the medals. They're in a Huggies box in the kids' room. Mm. But what you do remember is that you've taken a lot of people on a ride with you. So you think of all the connections that you guys have got. Like, I think you exploded on social media on Sunday. And then the NBN story that we ran on Monday has had hundreds of likes. So these are the stories we love, you. Uh, and I
3: think, you know, you, you touched on earlier about, you know, the friendship that you had with these girls. Yeah. You've now inspired 10 young kids, which, you know, they're all your siblings, and who knows what that... Whether it leads to anything that, you know, you girls have managed to achieve or not, but what we have created is uh, some lifelong friends there that I think will just go on for, for many, many years to come.
2: Yeah. Hey, Kristen, uh, also on the weekend, your husband competed. I know that Petra's husband, Stewie Sawyer, who's he's an inspiration to a lot of people as well, he competed. I see that from Shelley Beach... Dan Lockwood finished in the top three. Now, I watched him train all through winter at Mingara, mm. and he's a phenomenal swimmer and worked really hard uh, on his running leg for the of Gold as well. So what about some other athletes from the coast?
8: Oh, that's what, yeah, definitely. And I think that's the spirit of the Central Coast. When you go away, it doesn't matter what surf club or where you train, you all cheer and um, pull together to um Support each other as coasties, so we had yet yeah, you Dan Lockwood, um Robbie Waite, lots of kids competing, my daughter Stella, Dan Lockwood's daughter, um Avalon from Yumina surf club it was just so good to see and i I thought there were some people there from mcmaster's surf club it was amazing and it didn't it's particularly my husband he's quite new to the sport he did a 16 kilometer lie down paddle out in the middle of the ocean (laughs) or so that mental toughness to do that but he got into the sport by watching us and the culture that is around us it inspired him to have a go. And the only person really you're competing against is yourself. Mm-hmm. And the only person that's judging you is yourself. So, yeah, extremely proud of him. It was crazy. There was apparently little fish jumping on his board. So this is a clubby lay down rescue board paddling 16 kilometres in the ocean. Just, um, yeah, absolute epic. And Stu Sawyer, like phenomenal in the short course. And how that particular age group that he's in, if he was in the younger age group, would have got a podium. So that's how competitive these 50-year-old men are. It was so um, inspiring to watch. Very, very cool. There's some very good talent on the Central Coast.
2: Yeah, not sure if you know this young lady, but I think she certainly deserves a shout-out on the radio. So Jasmine Fillingham from Shelley Beach Surf yes, Club.
8: Yes, definitely, she, yes. She's another local um, girl, very inspiring to, to particularly my daughter, look up, looks up to her immensely. See, she's yeah, amazing. So she's, she,
2: she's raced in the short course event and finished mm, top 10 in the women's open field.
8: Yeah, superstar. How cool is that? Very, yeah. very cool.
2: Yeah, well, speaking of superstars, let's rise rise as one for the super mums. Super crazy mums. (laughs) The super crazy mums from North Entrance. Well done on your second win in the team event at the Coolangatta Gold.
8: Excellent. Thank you for having me.
2: Cheers. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Kristen O'Brien, and she is far too humble. Mm. She is an outstanding swimmer and uh, just a great story. Yeah, and she's come back to life-saving late because she's always been like a still-water swimmer, not so much in the surf. Yep. And, you know, so she's, she's absolutely loving the sport. And well done to, to the girls. Well done to everyone who competed. It's ticking that box because it's a real challenge. And um, it's made, such an made, mate,
3: iconic event. Um, was about event. To say.
2: Made famous from the movie all yeah, those years yeah, of ago. Of course. Uh, 13 to 11. We'll take a quick break here. Saturdays on the coast, thanks to Robson Civil Projects, McDonald Jones Homes, Whitey's Right Price Tires on SEN.
1: Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit Robson Civil Projects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the coast.
2: Yeah, final break of the morning, live from Gosford Tennis Centre. Look at this, Buttes. The sun is coming out. Don't forget, Chrome Fest on right across the weekend at the entrance. It is amazing. Maybe do yourself a favour if you've never seen it before. I've been there quite a few times and absolutely love it. It'll be like a party all weekend at the entrance. Buttes, I just showed you some footage of the Brisbane Roar inside their change room. Yeah. When I saw this, I absolutely found it amazing. What insight it is! So Charlie Austin just goes berserk at one of his teammates uh, about a defensive lap, and it leads to a goal.
3: I'm know? gobsmacked that that is the extent or the way they're interacting. Like, um, yeah, I, I find it hard to believe. Like, I, you well, can't
2: do that in any other workplace, can you?
3: More, no, you can't. But uh, you know, I, I've never seen anything like that, even um, you know, in, the, in my time in rugby league or anything like that, where. Like, it's just a full-on barrage. These two guys are yeah. going at each other. So that is,
2: that is is A-League All Access, Episode 2. So I've got to tell
3: you, it's great access. D-
2: did anything ever happen in your playing days?
3: Not like that. Not to that extent. No way in the world. Like, this was just two guys verbally just going at each other and, you know, blaming or... Tr- you know, trying to justify their position or what they were doing, yeah. It's a great insight. Fantastic. Yeah.
2: And if you kept watching the video, so you saw a little snippet. At the end, they come together like an embrace. So, you know, it, what happens in the change room stays in the change room. Yeah,
3: clearly. Um, you know, in, really interesting. Uh, you yeah. know, it's one of those, you know, we've seen it with Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're getting this access. And we saw it with the AFLW. Um, not that I've seen that, but, uh, you know, it looks very interesting the the insight into the AFLW teams and what that looks like.
2: Yeah, so if you get the chance, take a look. So it's A-League All Access and it's Brisbane Raw and it is pretty confronting the mm. way they interact with each other. Yeah, just amazing. But some final thoughts. You want to talk about the World Cup cricket?
3: Well, tonight Super 12 kicks off and it's Australia versus New Zealand um, in the T20 World Cup. Uh, as mentioned earlier, we've also got uh, the Netherlands uh, through to the Super 12. Uh, another big game tomorrow uh is india and pakistan which would be absolutely phenomenal my goodness that, yeah. um, can you name let,
2: names who're going to be some of the stars of the tournament
3: well i have no doubt in terms of the aussies you know you you're talking like brett is in of yeah isn't it not brett finch um aaron finch isn't it in great form um <laughs> but he is the captain and uh you know there's big expectations the aussies as i said before are our favorite's going into this tournament um, you know, you're looking at the likes of Glenn Maxwell, if he can get himself going. He's been struggling lately. I think he's probably only scored 50, 60 runs in his last six, seven innings. So he certainly needs to pick that up. Uh, big Marsh, uh, Mitchell Marsh, he'll be a, a big asset for the Aussies. And obviously their bowling attack is, you know, probably the best in the world with the likes of Cummins, Hazelwood uh, and Stark. Uh, Add Zampa there, who I think he's the sixth best bowler in uh, T20 at the moment. So plenty of... Uh, positives for the Aussies but again their form hasn't been great and I think this is a, a really big test if you lose the first game you are suddenly behind the eight ball and you really can't go on or can't afford to lose another game so such a big clash for these two giants of uh, T20 cricket really yeah. looking forward to it
2: Buttes inside the final minute uh, we spoke about the cooling out of goal just a moment ago mm-hmm. so uh, we didn't get a chance to say Ali Day was the winner and he was probably challenged more than ever before so he wins in Three hours, 57.49. Matt Bevelacqua in second place, just one minute behind, 3.58.51. Joe Collins uh, is in third place. Jackson Borg from Newport, he's in fifth place. And we heard before from Kristen, TJ Handy, so the son of... The son of a gun. Yes. He finishes in sixth place in 4.04, so they're all not too far behind Alley Day. That's our show. We'll catch you next Saturday. Thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to Adam back at headquarters. Thanks to Josh, our technician. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.